on today's Expert Process Podcast. What happens with the market is that it becomes saturated in a certain time. Like the, right now, the trend is right is like diversity. So, you know, women, and ethnic diversity, religious diversity, you know, LGBT, like all that. Like that's the end thing right now. That was my friend, Angela Hutchinson, founder of BreakingIntoHollywood.org, author of Create Your Yes and Breaking Into Hollywood, and writer-producer of Hush and Hollywood Chaos. As you can see, Angela has been quite busy. I met Angela about six years ago out in L.A. at the American Film Market, and we've stayed in touch ever since. Stick around to find out more about what Angela has to say. Do you know six in ten businesses will fail within the first five years? First five years. Or 43% of Americans need a side hustle just to make ends meet? Just to make ends meet. Or that it takes 10,000 hours to master any subject? Any subject. Welcome to the Expert Process Podcast, where we cut the time to mastery in half with our seasoned pros. And now, from Atlanta, Georgia, broadcasting worldwide, worldwide. here's your resident expert, Durante Smith. Hello again, EIT Nation, or all of you experts in training. Welcome to the Expert Process Podcast. I'm your host, Durante Smith, and it's my job to interview some of the most hardworking, highly successful professionals on the planet. The show follows a 12-week online masterclass at theexpertprocess.com, where you'll learn from start to finish what it takes to make it in your industry. The program is chock full of professional advice, resources, and even context to help you get to the next level in half the time. The podcast is your introduction, the masterclass is the blueprint, and I'm your guide. Now, buckle up and get ready for the ride. You're listening to the Expert Process Podcast. We'll be back in just a moment after we thank our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Airbnb. Now, if you're like me, you like to travel in comfort, style, but also economically when you can. And I'll be the first to tell you, I'm not keen on staying in someone else's home. That is, until I discovered Airbnb. My friend. My very first stay was about six years ago in Santa Monica, California, ironically, during the American film market. I stayed in a beautiful home just 1.26 miles from the beach. And then there was the weekend getaway to Knoxville, which was incredible. Our hosts were top-notch. They made breakfast for us. They made... Um, she actually made lunch, which was, I mean, insane. It was a music festival going on. So there was just great live music. Uh, we had dinner on the uh, river there at one of the local establishments, barbecue joints. And it was just a great experience. Then there was uh, Daytona that we got away for, again, for another short trip. It was about four hours down and back. And uh, Daytona was just, it was incredible. Great food, great weather. The beach was just beautiful. And it was the great time of year to go. So one other thing, locally here in Atlanta, we have a ton of just awesome Airbnbs. And then there's the, the treehouse here, which I hope to go to very soon and take my daughter to. That's here in Atlanta that you can stay in. And it stays booked out, I think, six months out in advance. So that's one you definitely want to put on your list. Now, I'm a believer in crowd sharing and the disruptor industry. And I love Love, love me some Airbnb. So do yourself a favor and try it out. You can use my promo code to save $55 off your first adventure. Just go to bit.ly forward slash expert 
process Airbnb. Again, that's bit.ly bit.ly forward slash expert process Airbnb for your getaway or staycation today. Today we have a young lady that I met several years ago. I think it was actually at the ASM, the American Film Market, in Los Angeles. We hit it off. We became really cool people overnight, it seemed like anyway. And uh, Angela, Angela Hutchinson is on the phone with us, and she's going to give you guys some terrific information about what she does, how she does it. We can talk specific to the American Film Market, but beyond that, because she's actually gotten her films distributed. And she has her own publishing company. She has her own video production company, and she's doing a lot. So, Angela, thank you for being on the uh, call with us today. I see your Breaking Into Hollywood organization is doing so much by way of educating filmmakers. You have two movies, The Hollywood Chaos and Hush. And just overall, give us the rundown on your company, what you do, your background, and we'll just go from there. Sure, yeah. Thank you for, for bringing me on. I'm excited to chat with you. So, you know, I'm originally from Chicago. I moved out to L.A. almost, I don't know, 15 or so years ago. And I have worked, I love Los Angeles. I've worked in so many different capacities. I've worked as a talent agent for a couple of years. Then I went into casting. And then from casting, that's what led me to producing. And throughout that whole process, I also had started an organization called Breaking Into Hollywood, which is essentially an organization that helps people, just like the title, Break Into Hollywood. So it's breakingintohollywood.org. And basically, we put on, like, educational workshops to help people break into the entertainment industry. And not just break in from right out of film school. I mean, we have people that are mid-level professionals. We have people that are actually agents that are members because you're constantly having to try to rebrand yourself and just understand the marketplace is constantly evolving. We also deal a lot with trying to help people sustain their careers because it's like getting into the industry is one thing, but being able to sustain it and monetize it is a whole different thing. So it's not just a hobby, although, you know, that's cool too if that is what someone's goal is. So that is a little bit about me um, in terms of my movies. I produced two films. The first film, Hollywood Chaos, that's the script that I wrote cast and produced, and that stars Vanessa Simmons and Ty Lethley from the Haves and Haves Nots. Vanessa Simmons is Rev Run's uh, daughter from Run DMC. And uh, yeah, and then we had a, a wonderful cast on that film. We shot that in LA over seven days and then shot some B-roll in France. And yeah, I secured distribution probably about, I think I got my first offer about a month or so after shooting the movie, which was great, it was actually enough to, the initial offer that we got was actually enough for the investors to actually make their money back. We passed on that offer because we thought, oh, well, this is the first offer. Certainly more will come. You know, I asked the investors, like, do you want to take it or, or wait? And they were like, wait. So I was like, okay. And we waited and we ended up having to wait much longer than we thought. At the end of the day, I think we made the best decision, but that was definitely a really interesting learning experience that really set the framework for how to operate now. More so, of, you know, if there's an opportunity, I really don't take a lot of time to think about it. I kind of just make a decision 
and go with it as opposed to trying to wait for something else better. And again, it's, you know, project to project. You can't necessarily do that with everything in your life, but I tend to operate a little bit more like that. But that was a great experience. That was my first film. And I didn't go to film school. You know, I, my degree was like in engineering. So that was also like my film school experience as well. And then after that, you know, they so, said you have so to wait, make at least so you, two movies. Mm-hmm. You're saying your degree is in engineering and not film? Yeah, my degree was actually, I got a bachelor's of science in engineering. So my degree was in industrial operations engineering from the University of Michigan. I never worked as an engineer when I finished my job. When I finished my degree, I was like, okay, I need to, you know, go work, but I didn't want to be an engineer. So my first job out of college was actually working as a writer for an engineering magazine because, you know, I always wanted to write. And so I basically worked as a writer for a couple years doing that. And then that's what I did. That's how I basically found myself into entertainment through journalism and focusing on writing. And and then that kind of extended into books and then into screenplays. But initially when I moved to L.A., you know, I was like, okay, all I had was that script, my Hollywood Chaos script. At the time, I had a 1994 Geo Tracker, and I literally drove it cross-country to move um, here you wow. know, to make that movie happen. But, yeah, I never worked as an engineer. The, the funny thing is I met my husband in engineering, so that worked <laughs> out because when my, when my mom dropped me off at, at college, I'll never forget, she was like, all right, bye. You know, you have uh, two things to do. She was like, the first is to find a husband, and the second is to graduate, and in that order. And I was like, in that order? What are you talking about? You think it's more important for me to find a man than to graduate? You are, what kind of mother tells their daughter that, you know? But yeah, it's all good. I did both. I did both. Um, not in that order, though. But, 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 but. It, it worked know, out. So I did meet him there. It worked out. So, uh, so yeah. <laughs> that, that is hilarious. I've never heard that before. Wow. Yeah, not wow. very untraditional. <laughs> very much so. Uh I, I have to say that uh, your journey is I mean is unique to you obviously, but I would say that the traditional filmmaker does not find themselves going through this, you know, this uh kind of cut and dry, very direct pathway. This doesn't seem like that. Most of us we navigate through all these different kind of turns and all these different mm-hmm. kind of ups and downs and hills and valleys and stuff like that to you know to get there. So yeah, you're you're just right, yeah. uh, very unique without question. Yeah, yeah, and the great you know what and the and the great thing to what you're saying for those people who do have backgrounds in film, you definitely have an asset. But if you don't have a background in film, you know you're kind of like don't know what you're what you don't know, so you kind of don't know what you're doing. So you're willing to take more risks. So I always encourage sure. people who are filmmakers. You know, you feel like you're a filmmaker. You have the experience. Sometimes you have to take a step back and almost treat your thoughts like a child. You know, like my three-year-old thinks he can jump in the water and swim when he can't. He's still learning, you know? And so you have to, you know, I think that's just something to constantly remind ourselves to make sure we take as many risks as possible because sometimes when you don't, when you have the experience and knowledge, you're more hesitant because you know the cost of something, you know what I mean? You know what this this decision will do, you know, if you shoot one more day or you take, you know, a little bit longer or whatever. When you don't know, you're just like, oh, oops, you know what I mean? And so you kind of make mistakes and learn along the way. But, yeah, but it's definitely been a very untraditional road. Uh, definitely was not uh, linear. Definitely was not set up in the way that it happened. So, But I'm glad that I've taken the journey that I have then. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I commend you on making the move to Los Angeles because, you know, most people, they just wouldn't take the risk. They may say they're going to do it, but when it push comes to shove, making that move, is that's tremendous. However, I yeah, will say, yeah, you yeah. Know, when you made Thank that you. move, that was however many years ago it was, the difference in then and now, which is what you were saying about the changes in the marketplace, right? The difference in then yeah. and now 
the digital landscape allows any of us anywhere to be able to have access to the same thing you have access to in, in Los Angeles or the same thing I have access to here in Atlanta. People can be anywhere in the U.S., anywhere on the globe, and still have access to those same things simply because the Internet of Things, the ability to be right. able to connect with anyone anywhere through uh, through the Internet has opened the entire globe up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's definitely a benefit. And then, you know, it gets tricky because that is such a benefit. The market is so saturated, so it's so yeah. much harder to actually make money and sustain a career, particularly independent filmmaking. So if you're doing independent filmmaking, you really have to do it out of passion more so than money. And if you are trying to monetize, then you really have to figure out other components that can go along with or alongside what you're doing, which is why I ended up, you know, focusing on my book, Create Your Yes, when you keep hearing no, because you have to kind of expand beyond just one aspect of the industry and not necessarily for everyone, but I think if you can, you should, or if there's a desire to do so, you should expand because that way you just open up, you know, just more opportunities for, I mean, there's a saturated marketplace everywhere, but it's kind of like what happens with the market is that it becomes saturated in a certain time. like, the, right now, the trend is right is like diversity. So you know, women and ethnic diversity, religious diversity, you know, LGBT, like all that. Like that's the end thing right now. But the pendulum will sway. Like eventually, that's not necessarily always going to be. In my opinion, I think that right now it, it may be a time. And so if you fit into a certain category or something, it's the best time to be applying for programs and looking for funding and grants and you know, kind of get it on the map. But I think that while the market itself can be saturated, it gets saturated in certain times. So it's kind of like, you know, you really have to kind of, you know, do your reading and research to kind of have a pulse of what's happening now so that you can prepare and sustain for the future. Because a lot of times I do a lot of career coaching with people, and I notice that a lot of the clients that I tend to, um, you know, work with, but by the time they finish with me, they have a different mindset. But in the beginning, oftentimes, we're focusing on the now. And we're focusing on creating for the now. And we're thinking about the now. But if you want to sustain a successful career in the entertainment industry, you have to look forward to the future. You have to think about, you know, where the marketplace is headed and what is it going to look like so that you can have the fundamental skills to work and play in that space and also be able to create, you know, create the proper content um, and, and just monetize it. And that, what you just said, I think is the key. There's so much focus put on creating content and creating content that's just creating content for the sake of doing it. A lot of focus on free content, but not realizing or not really taking into account that we as filmmakers, we as producers, we as content creators, we have to earn a living too. Unless you're just doing this on the side and you're not doing it in that capacity. But for the ones that want to do it in the capacity of of replacing their full-time jobs or replacing their careers, there has to be, uh, I think, a strategy uh, to Yes, you absolutely, yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You do. You have to have a strategy, and the strategy has to be realistic. Right. You know, it has to be very defined, a very refined strategy, because a lot of times, like, you know, just to give an example, when I was first, um, wanting to produce my movie, Hollywood Chaos. I had tried a couple years before I was producing it, right? I had tried to produce it, you know, got some actors involved, you know, attached and things like that, and had some pieces there. At the time, I was trying to raise, I think I was trying to raise like $3 million for the movie, which is not a lot of money, but that is a lot of money if you've never raised one dime. 
So right. at that point, I had ne- I had never before raised even five or ten or fifteen or twenty or thirty or forty or fifty or a hundred or two hundred thousand dollars, right? Yet I was saying I'm going to raise three million dollars, but had never actually raised a couple hundred thousand dollars. And so I think when you think about you know having strategy and having realistic expectations, you really have to think about it like that, so that you can um, because the next time around, I was like, okay, I'm going to raise you know. $200,000, that was much more feasible and practical, and I was able to actually achieve the goal for a first-time person raising money. So I right. think that, you know, yes, we have to strategize, and we have to be as practical as we can about what is possible, because a lot of times, if we read in the trade, you know, the Hollywood Reporter, or we see something on the news or whatever, we look at people, and we think Ava DuVray, she's a great example of someone where people, you know, they act like they, meaning the media, will kind of put her out there and say, Oh, look, she kind of came out of nowhere. Look at this. It's amazing. Her first film, right? And she's, you know, becomes this amazing person. And not that she isn't, but my point is, is that she's been working in the business for many years prior to when she, you know, quote unquote, got her break. She has been working as a publicist for people like Steven Spielberg. That's right. And, and so when you don't know that or you don't really dive into like someone's career journey and so what that path looked like for them, you're just looking at the end result saying, yeah, her first or her second movie, you know, that she directed is Selma or, or, or whatever. And you're thinking, oh, wow, you know, and it's like, well, no, she directed a documentary or this or that. You know, she showed her first film at, um, it was one of those, you know, marketplaces. Um, I know someone, one of my mentors, Valerie actually purchased, acquired that, her first, like, documentary, but, you know, Mm -hmm. from a film festival. But anyway, so, you know, um, you have to strategize and just be realistic. You're listening to the Expert Process Podcast. We'll be back in just a moment after we thank our sponsors. I have to ask you a question. Have you ever met a person who was so real, so genuine, so authentic that they had your buy-in from the start? Like, no matter the product, no matter what they were selling, you just believed in them. Well, that's my friend Angela Hutchinson, and she gives advice on filmmaking that is out of this world. Why? Well, because she's lived it and she's done it. I think she's a true testament to what you can achieve if only you put your mind to it. Go out and get her latest book today on Amazon, Create Your Yes, and use promo code BITLY, that's B-I-T dot L-Y, forward slash the expert process again bitly that's b-i-t dot l-y forward slash the expert process for your discount today now back to the show yeah and the point that you just made is so poignant in that there's no such thing as an overnight success we tend to see people they seem to come out of nowhere but as you just said we don't realize oftentimes the amount of struggle the amount of effort and the amount of consistency that they've had to put into their craft in order to get there. And that's, I think, one of the biggest things that I try to drive home with my audience, with the people that I talk to and the uh, people that I try to inspire, is just to understand that you have to look for longevity. It's not a one-off. This is not a short-term thing. And one of the things that I noticed, especially in following you, you're breaking into Hollywood organization is incredible. I see you oh, bring, thank you. it's nothing short of incredible. You bring in um, all these different professionals, you know, you can tell who they are and, and, you know, different organizations or corporations that you guys work with. But I'll see like TNT, I'll see, Turn, well, that's Turner, but, oh, Universal. Yeah, Warner Brothers, we've had you know, everybody. Just, we've had literally seriously. every, we've literally had every single company, like from Lionsgate, William Morris, 
like on down, you know, coming up, we have uh, Lena Waits agent or, or, or manager. We, we've had a lot of people um, that have come through breaking into Hollywood at every single network possible and, and every different field too. So like from casting to production to finance to legal, we really try to cover all aspects because you have to have an understanding of all aspects. You know, sometimes in the filmmaking process, we don't always like it, it, you know, kind of going back to the point of talent, let's say, and you look at someone and you see, you know, a comedian or someone and they've been working hard and you kind of see visually like actors, you can kind of see that they've been in the business for many years. Right. But when it comes to filmmakers, you can't always see what they've been doing because what they may have been doing is things like in a normal corporate job. You know what I mean? Like learning something in a corporate environment or skill, gaining a skill of something that you have no idea how they're doing what they're doing because maybe they went to school and learned editing. And so, yeah, they were able to shoot their film for less money because they edited the movie. You know what I mean? Sure, so there's so yeah. many things that you don't necessarily see what people are doing to get that first film or, or even that second and third project uh, done. Is there a common thread or is there a common consensus among the people that these Uber uh professionals that you're bringing into your networking meetings, is there something that they say to us as aspiring filmmakers and producers that says, okay, this is what the pathway that you should look at, or this is something that you should put into your arsenal? Is that, do you see that kind of thing? Um, you know, yeah, I do. I think that there's so many different, you know, it depends on on what someone's ultimate goal is. I definitely think from a skill perspective that, you know, any kind of technical, you know, whether it's like editing or actual filming, understanding how to shoot something, camera, like whatever it is, is technical. If you can gain those skills, I think those are very, very valuable. And I think on top of that would be like people are invaluable. So if you can find good people to work together on a team consistently, I think that's, you know, really incredible. I think a lot of people who are successful have a strong team, have a strong foundation, what they're doing. And so I think that is helpful. And I think, um, you know, obviously perseverance and, and tenacity. And, you know, I'm a really a big believer. You know, I know there's like this idea, which is why I wrote my book, Creator Yes, there's this sort of this idea that you keep working hard at something and you keep pushing at something and you keep learning and being educated and, you know, putting your scripts out there and, and doing what you're supposed to be doing, like you might receive a lot of rejection in that. And if you keep going, that eventually, you know, you will break through. Eventually you will get a yes. And I really kind of contradict that thought. I believe that is always true for everybody because I know it wasn't true for me. I had done sort of like everything right. You know, I checked like all the boxes that you could kind of check. You know, I mean, so many executives and out there and pitching and, and just doing a lot of things. So I do believe that sometimes your yes that you're looking for in your life or in your career will sometimes absolutely never come until you actually create it. And doing that, it really takes a lot of self-assessment, whether uh, you know, or asking friends or colleagues, working with a career coach or whatever you can, you know, reading, listening to podcasts like this, and just doing whatever you can to educate yourself and in doing self-reflections and self-assessments of where you are and, and, and looking at your competition. And not right. necessarily, not that you want to compete or do better than them, but you have to look at them to see what are they doing? Why are they doing what they're doing? 
and then see is this something you want to emulate? Do you want to do something different or can you similar or, or not from a competitive nature that you have to pay attention to like competition? Because if someone is a little bit further ahead of you, they might have a pulse on something that you don't have. And so you want to gain that information and insight, not to surpass them, not to be better than, not to show them out, but really just to gain insight for your own journey um, and your own career trajectory. So I think that's really important, something to have. Oh, no, I agree. Anyone going into business, in, in which filmmaking is a business, um, anyone yes. going into uh, anything that's creative, I think you do yourself a disservice if you don't look at the competition or consider the competition. Because the other thing I've learned is when you're talking about these corporations or you're talking about studios and stuff like that, they have the money and the resources to go out and test the market, to go out mm-hmm. and, and, mm-hmm. and see what the market is and right. then create the content to that market. To the then, market, yes. You know, and then have something that's successful, right? Whereas we don't have the funds and resources to do that. So if they've already carved open that lane, then what it does, it enables us to say, okay, you go in, you do the research, as you said, and then it enables us to be able to be more specific and pinpointed and targeted about the content that we create to give ourselves a better opportunity to win. Right. Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. And I think, you know, as filmmakers, because a lot of us are project-orientated, a lot of us are very completion-orientated, so we'd like to finish things, you know, And so I think sometimes we also will, like, you know, have an idea to do a web series or have an idea to do some kind of project, television show, or film or whatever, and we're always thinking about it long term. So we'll be like, oh, I'm going to do this series, and we're thinking about it for, like, a – like, we have to do this thing forever. But I like the point you brought up about, you know, they do a lot of testing in the marketplace. And I think although we may not have the funds and the resources to do it to their extent of what they're doing, like creating full-on pilots, I think we can play in the space a little bit so that we don't get so caught up in thinking we have to do something forever and ever and ever. I know people that have worked on web series for, you know, like four or five seasons, and they're they're putting so much effort and energy into it, and they're not really getting anything out of it other than their, like, creative juice to, like, flow. And that's fine if that's all you want from it. But the people I'm talking about want more than that. They want to be able to monetize it. They want to be able to have it picked up as a television show. And so what you have to realize is, like, you could have just tested that first season and then took it to market to try to pitch it as opposed to spending so much time and energy in an area that may not be the most fruitful for the time that we have. Because we only have so much time on this earth, you know what I mean, to do. So we have to be very resourceful about our time that we spend, too. Oh, that is so true. And to your point, if you have a concept or an idea for a web series or it's an episodic, right, uh, episodic short form or whatever that might be, Instead of going out and creating the entire series, if you take the first episode or two, or you take a portion thereof, so if your episode is 30 minutes, you're able to shoot essentially a 10-minute pilot or something like that, and you're able to go out and test it, and then let that property find its audience, then you're in, right. in the, and then let the audience tell you what they're looking for. Then you're in a better position because now you have a track or course that you're on that can inform what you're wanting to produce. You take that data, because everything's data-driven now, right? And that enables you to go out and find the investors, to find the funding, to make the project bigger and better and not come out for your own dime. But then also with that funding, you're able to pay yourself. And that's where I think we right. as filmmakers get caught up is we have to fund everything because you know we want to control all the rights and the creative rights and all those stuff. But at the end of the day, the, the reality is, 
we can actually shoot ourselves in the foot with that kind of thinking. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. So um, what would you say, with all your experience and all the people that you talk to, what would be the advice that you would give someone looking to start out, just starting out in the industry? They haven't gone to film school, or let's say that maybe they have gone to film school, which I think is a bit different if you've not gone to film school and you have. But I personally didn't finish film school. I started and didn't finish. But I... I was given an opportunity to get involved in filmmaking on the backside, and that kind of opened all the doors for me. I was kind of fortunate in that way. But there are a lot of people out there that either don't have the means to go to film school, there's not a film school that's necessarily accessible to them, or they're caught up in real life and they're working and they have careers and jobs, but they want to get into the film industry and the film business. They have a burning itch or desire. What's the advice or what is the counsel that you give them to take that leap or kind of find their wedge in? Well, first I and foremost, I would tell anyone to go buy my, my first book I wrote called Breaking into Hollywood, which is available on Amazon. And okay. then I would tell them to go buy my second book, Create Your Yes, when you keep hearing no, because there's really a lot of great content in there. My first book, Breaking in Hollywood, I talk about my personal journey and I talk about how I did what I did, who I met, what I learned. I walk people through what it's like to be an agent, what it's like to be in casting, what it's like to produce. So I think anytime you can read my book or other books about other people's journeys, and, you know, a lot of people talk about what they've done. At that time, my Breaking Hollywood book, it was, you know, I self-published that book. And so there's a lot of people who self-publish books about their journey. So I think that's definitely one way. And then other books that are perhaps not self-published, like my latest book, Create Your Yes, um, is a traditionally published book deal. And so I think there's so many books, there's so many blogs, there's so many video, YouTube videos, content, Facebook, watch. I mean, there's just so many people doing live videos on Facebook about them making the movie, you know, they're on set. I mean, just dive in to listening, to gaining as much information as you can, but don't get so much information that you then just get stuck and you don't know what to do. You know, at some point you have to cut it off. So you have to put a time limit on it. You got to say, okay, for one month, I'm going to read all the books. I'm going to watch all the videos. I'm going to you know, listen to all the, I know a lot of directors like to listen to the um, the director's cut of a DVD here and walk through the movie and things like that. So I think Ava said she didn't go to film school either. And I think I heard that she had maybe watched like, I don't know, something crazy, like 50 or 200 or something DVDs and listening to the director's cuts. And so that was like her version of film school. Eventually, I think she did take some classes at some point. But I think that, you know, that's a way to dive in, depending on what your field is. So you got to figure out if you know what field it is, if you want to do casting, you know, again, there's no school for casting, you know, but for filmmaking, there's tons of schools out there where you can basically get all the education you need on getting started or if it's just, you know, revitalizing your career um, as well. You know, I think getting the information is key. And then the second component beyond having the information is doing it, right? Getting the thing done. If it's a version of it, if it's a concept, a little snippet on video, if it's a trailer, if you don't have the money for a trailer, putting it together yourself. I mean, I learned how to edit using, like, I don't even use real editing software, Final Draft or something, or I use whatever came on my Microsoft computer. It's, I don't know, (laughs) Microsoft Maker. It's really basic, but I put together some real serious trailers that I've actually gotten 14 um, television shows on the unscripted side option from those that I put together. Right. Um, that were super basic, like just to convey a concept. So you can do stuff on a very low budget, so there's no excuse. So basically, get as much information, and then you got to start creating the content. Don't go crazy with creating the content. Just get enough to get the deal done. And then in order to get the deal done, last component is you got to know people. you got to network. You, you, got, you have to yep. get out there. you got to join organizations. If you don't have the funds to join, come to one or two events here and there. Meet people. 
uh, network with people. A lot of times people will offer their tickets for something that they can't go to. You know, meet as many people as you can and be as kind as you can to the people that you meet. Pull someone up with you along the way and, and help people as you're going forward. And people will help you, you know, as, as you move forward. And, and hopefully at the end of it all, we can also to move forward uh, together. Angela Hutchinson, thank you for giving us your time today. Thank you for uh, all the great wisdom and advice that you've given our audience. Breakingintohollywood.org is your site to go to for your organization. Yeah, breakingintohollywood.org. And I have my email list at the very bottom. You can subscribe at the very bottom and get my lovely email. And we've got your book here, Create Your Yes, When You Keep Hearing No. And that's available on Amazon. Is that correct? It is. Yep, it's on Amazon. It's also at Barnes & Noble. Alrighty, Hollywood Chaos and Hush are your two movies, and they're available where? On Amazon. Both are available on Amazon. Angel, thank you so yes. much for your time. We appreciate thank you. you, and you have a great day, okay? A very special thanks to my friend, Angela Hutchinson. Now, you can find out more about Angela at breakingintohollywood.org. Again, that's breakingintohollywood.org. And again, a special thank you to you, my listener. This podcast and all that it entails is the culmination of a lot of hard work and in many ways a dream come true. Please bear with us as we continue to fine tune the show. And if you like what you've heard, be sure to subscribe, leave a review, like and share it with your preferred social media. Every little bit counts. If you have any suggestions, recommendations, referrals or show ideas, feel free to reach out at smith.durante at gmail.com. Again, that's smith.durante at gmail.com. Oh, and soon you'll be able to get the show notes. My promise. Until next time, love, peace, and fish grease. I'm out. Thank you for tuning in to today's show. For only the best show notes, links, classes, and more, go to theexpertprocess.com or follow us on Facebook at The Expert Process or hit us up on Instagram at The Expert Process. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review, subscribe, and share.